Doing the intro in five, four, three, two. Hello there, and welcome to Poor Quality, a show where some friends talk about beer, life, and all that goofy stuff that gets in between the two. Each week, the host may be different, but don't worry. They're all guaranteed poor quality material. Join us and listen in as the brew crew talks about what ails. It's the, the, the beer joke we do every week. Their life. Now, let's see what we're drinking. Episode thirty ish. What? No, no. <laughs> You've missed some. The prodigal son returns. Colin, is Colin. it thirty nine? It's thirty nine. So thirty nine. What? Bow, 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 bow. I don't know. Love isn't always on time. Neither no, is no. poor. That joke's lost on me. I don't know what that is. Hold the I line, know what guy. That is, and it yeah, was, it was a nice try. Yeah, it was a nice try. If Chris applauds <laughs> my efforts, on. I'll pat myself on the back. That was the Pokemon theme, right? Yeah. I think Trent. <laughs> that was me. Sure. That's what I was going for. I'm glad you guys all caught it simultaneously in stride. I want to be 39. Because <laughs> no one ever was. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. We live in this weird world where everybody dies at 38, so it's a yeah. very real song. 39 mm-hmm. going on 30. What? Hmm. I don't know. You Maybe. know, it's funny you should bring that up, Mike, Pokemon, because I never played Pokemon as a kid, and I just recently eBayed myself into a new Game Boy Advance. Mm. Wow. It's the technology of the future. Pokemon, That's the next generation. Technology of the future from 2000. Mm. Well, it's better than what Nintendo's doing now. I mean, I think the DSs are cool, but... Yeah, better than the Switch, sure. Okay. I don't have a Switch, but I imagine it's the Switch. I've heard good things about the Switch. But anyways, okay, this is podcast episode 39, I guess we've settled on. Mm-hmm. I am your host and long-lost host, mm. Colin Parker. I feel like I have to say my whole name since uh, I may have been forgotten at this point. Um, <laughs> and tonight, I we've been talking back and forth kind of in our group about shows we're watching and shows we want other people to watch. Um, mm-hmm. So tonight, I'm curious about what beer you're drinking and what ne- original Netflix show it reminds you of. Oh, original Netflix. Original Netflix. So I want to get a list of those. Up. Shortens the pool a little bit, um, and I guess all of us probably know like three of those. So this maybe I was that's I was just gonna say I can think of three. <laughs> if you Google original Netflix series, it will provide a helpful scrolling list. Um, I'm scrolling right now. Okay. So since I introduced the topic and uh have the pleasure of going first, mm-hmm. I am drinking a uh Sierra Nevada twenty seventeen Oktoberfest um I guess that's it. Yeah, just an Oktoberfest from Sierra Nevada. It is brewed in, I'm going to guess, Sierra Nevada. Mm. <laughs> Actually, they're a complete lie. They brew in Chico, California, in Mills River, North Carolina. I mean, isn't. So speaking of lies. Isn't that a mountain <laughs> range? You got me. 
Okay. Sierra Nevada? Roasted. I think so. Yeah. It's a, it's a, I'm pretty sure you're right. <laughs> it probably awesome. passes through. <laughs> <laughs> um, since I'm drinking Oktoberfest, my beer is nice and, uh, nice and spooky. Like the great Netflix original series, Stranger Things. Marco Polo. Oh. <laughs> oh, Narcos. Oh. Narcos. Oh. <laughs> Narcos is scary because it's real. No, it reminds me of Stranger Things and because it's October for no other reasons than because it's October. Uh, Matt, what are you drinking? Hello. I'm Matt and I'm drinking Blue Moon Harvest Pumpkin Wheat, a limited release. Oh, welcome to fall. Oh. Ah, yes. Which I think is the the, the beer I've drank on the past two episodes. <laughs> Which is fine, because we have a new prompt. So I'm looking at the list here. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to take a drink. I mean, we got some classics. You know, House of Cards. Orange is the New Black, which I think is kind of Halloween-y. You know? Can't that, say that. that works, yeah. Those are the main colors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Bloodline, Narcos. Mm. I already mentioned that mm-hmm. one. Um, but this one. <clears throat> mm. yeah. My seat. yeah, this one. Yeah. This one reminds me of a very specific, um, Netflix original series. Uh-huh. Alien. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I'm honestly embarrassed to admit I have been gone so long I forgot the goof. (laughs) (laughs) What goof? Trent? Yeah. um, Hey, I'm Trent. (laughs) I'm drinking the Sea Rose from Ballast Point. It is a tart cherry wheat ale. Uh, It's brewed with cherries and pomegranate. Um, And I'll say this. Uh, Ballast Point, they make the Sculpin. Um, the grapefruit, beer. the pineapple, Sculpin. I love those. They're some of my favorite beers. Um, this one's okay. And uh, because of that, I will say it is Netflix original series Arrested Development season four. Because mm. it's okay. Mm. I can I can enjoy it, but it's not mm-hmm. like what I really want. Mm. You know, okay, it, has, so like- it has parts of it that I like. But it's not the classics that I that I long for. Mm. So Sculpin is one through three seasons, and then yeah, the, uh, this one you're drinking is a the Sea kind Rose of is the Netflix forgotten, rejected kind of brother. Yeah, I mean it's not like I'm not, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that it's it's not what I look for. It's it's good, but it's not my favorite. If you were going for a rewatch, you may go to another one. And I've held on to this one for a while. And, you know, maybe as uh, season four does, it'll get better if I had a few more and maybe got to <laughs> enjoy the nuances versus what I come to know and expect from a more hoppy beer. Um, so, yeah, I would say that now because it is uh, relevant. Uh, Michael. Hey. What's up? I'm. What are you drinking? Nothing. It's up to you. I'm Mike. I'm drinking okay. a fall lager from Yazoo. Uh, it's pretty good. Sticking Can I with see that? the fall themes that we have rolling. Yeah. Oh, nice. That's what I like about Yazoo. They like to do a lot of seasonal brews. And this one's really good. Let me get a another wedding of the whistle. 
That's okay. what I like about your zoo. Oh, mm. you taste so good. You really do make beer. <laughs> Man, I'm drinking it. Uh, a lot of flavor in this guy. Um, I like this beer. I feel like I could uh, really sit down and have a six pack of it, maybe a whole season at once if I'm in the mood. Ooh, um, wow. Beer binging. Yeah, <laughs> something that's really uh, it's good for the soul. And that's why I'm choosing uh, House of Cards. It's got a lot of flavor, it's got a yeah. lot of action. <laughs> Yeah, um, and some, murder. And murder and deception. Oh. And when I drink... I'm the I've, president. I've never <laughs> seen an episode of House of Cards. You can leave the call. Chris, what are you drinking? <laughs> I, am, uh, I am drinking... Can somebody grab a screen cap of this? <laughs> I am drinking a Yeehaw beer... Fine Southern beer. It's a Scottish style ale, mm-hmm. and I thought it would be fitting seeing uh, the facial hair I'm donning today. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and it reminds me of Orange Is the New Black because if you've seen it, there is one of the prison guards mm-hmm. is nicknamed Pornstash. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Seems appropriate for those. At home, he Chris was Snapchatting us, I guess, a series of him shaving his face down. And at first he had a goatee, and I was like, okay, that's that's <laughs> neat. I, I can see him rocking a goatee. It actually worked on him. And now he's just rocking the full-on porn <laughs> stash, <laughs> news anchor, man stash. I mean, it is. It's Ron Burgundy in the flesh. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, can we um, get a little audio of your mustache real quick oh, oh i love this i might not oh, oh no I don't. <laughs> that was a bad noise i just oh, got I've wet my shivers my <laughs> i must go change now <laughs> i need trump to drain my swamp oh, <laughs> you have to bleep that i don't want to hear it again so i've gathered you all here today. wait did Stop. chris do his thing yet <laughs> He did. Chris okay. Gaves. Okay, I was maybe just trying to send this picture. Stranger Things, guys. porn stash. Sorry, that's right. Yeah, no. No, no the new black. New black. Yes. Sorry. 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 Well, I was enough. thinking of Hopper. So, the <laughs> the greatest crossover you've ever seen. <laughs> Hopper just shows. I've never watched Orange is the New Black either, so. Oh, I thought you were talking about Bugs Life. That's, that's got Kevin Spacey, too. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> not tonight. I'm not talking about Bugs Life. Maybe tomorrow. <clears throat> no, sorry. So, so I don't know. So I've been. I was. I was really, really, really wanting to be on um, last week, and it just kind of didn't work out for me and uh, our timing uh, because last week my wife and I took a um, kind of extended weekend trip to Alpharetta, Georgia, which is, I guess, right outside of. Atlanta. I had never been before, never heard of it or anything like that. And we went for a um, we went for a concert. It was a anniversary gift from me to her, kind of slash uh, baby moon, if you will. Um, you know, like hmm. a kind of last getaway before the baby gets here. We're expecting in January, January thirteenth to be exact. Um, so kind of we're kind of getting into the months where she needs to be closer to home. Not October, but late November, December, she needs to be close to home just in case. So 
So, so the thirteenth. Did you ask the baby, or what's who's making this prediction? Mm. The baby uh, did tap out a series of Morse code onto mm. her belly that mm. did say, "I do identify mm. as male, and I will be out on January 13th. Mm. Mm. But who knows what might change? Right. I mean, completely up in the between air. Between then, they can just change their mind and now, you know, come mm. out whenever. But so we we went to this. We went to Alpharetta, Georgia which has this actually very surprisingly nice amphitheater. Um, I haven't actually been to Nashville's amphitheater since it's been built. What is it, um, Mike? Ascent. The, uh, mm. Ascent amphitheater. Mm-hmm. Ascend amphitheater, yeah. I guess I could have asked Matt as well because he walks by the pedestrian bridge. That would um, – are you used to, you said at least. Mm-hmm. So it's actually this incredible amphitheater that sat – a ton of people, and we went to go see this. Uh, we went to go see a country artist, uh, Thomas Rhett. I don't know if any of you guys, yeah, yeah, are into yeah. country or heard any of his music. His new stuff's well, kind of more no, like, but yeah, yeah. No, I'm not into country either, but Emerald really likes him, so he's more, I guess, like kind of modern country where it has more, mm-hmm. yeah, the baseball hat, so, the look, yeah, yeah, skinny jeans, you know, the the whole kind of vibe, the Luke Bro Bryant, country. if you will. Um, yes, Chris. No, but it was a it was a super cool show. And so I guess my question isn't about country music or this amphitheater or anything like that in particular, but just about concerts and live music. I know we've talked about music as a whole, our favorite albums, what albums have impacted us, but I don't really know if we covered concerts and live music. So like, I know a lot of us here, probably almost everybody but me, has played or does play live music and all five of us have been to live music shows. So since you know we can all talk on the live music as a show and then as actually as a performer, I'd be super interested to see I guess like the the difference there, like how you all see live music as performers and then also as a crowd member. Like is it difficult for you to separate the like if if you're at a crowd, if you're in a just a crowd just watching a show. Um yeah, <clears throat> I'd love to start if you're when you're ready. Yeah, I'll, I'll start. <laughs> so, Do you guys mind if I start? Yeah, Chris, you want to take a take a bat at this? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. His mustache had something to say. Uh, I, the thing is that it makes me think of something immediately um, because my experience with like live music in general was. I started running sound for my dad's church when I was like um, in eighth grade. So I was like getting experience, like setting up sound systems and like learning how to mix and stuff. And I remember one day my brother came back to me. I was working at the soundboard and he goes like, Hey, like it sounded like really good this morning. And I was like, Hey, like, thanks. And he goes, welcome to never being satisfied ever. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember like, the next time, like, I went to, like, some place and I, like, was listening to the mix and I was like, oh, I don't, mm, I, <laughs> there are things I would change here. And I was like, oh, <laughs> no, this is just my life now, <laughs> isn't it? Because it is different. Like, you're thinking about the technical things when you've dipped into that world and been behind the scenes like that. I think it's it's hard to separate yourself sometimes. Like listening to any um, live artist on Conan? Mm. Ooh, and like I bet it sounds pretty good there, but man, this is in the theater. But we're just getting raw signal. <laughs> this is not great. Like, 
Come on. Like, just put in some room mics, polls. Please. Come on. Come on. Uh, that's all. I was just talking about how... <laughs> that's it. I'm done forever that's now it. on this podcast. Uh, I'll see you at the nicknames. I've been Trent and... Uh, Catch and I'll think of something later. Trent never satisfied <laughs> Strafford. <laughs> wow. What a disappointment. Uh, but no, that was just a very direct example of something you had said. To make a connection between sort of going to concerts and seeing a performance and then trying <laughs> to relay it back to actually giving a performance, I'm always so, so excited to play again whenever I go to a live show, especially that I'm very impressed with. I remember in particular there was a concert at the basement. I think Matt and I, I can't remember if Chris was there, but we were on the car or the car ride back to McKeege. And it was like, right when we started to get stuff going with the band and it was this sense of like, I want to play music so bad. And uh, just to be back in an environment where you could entertain people. Cause I love, I love concerts and I've been to a plethora and played quite a number at this point. Um, so it always gets me excited to just go and be in that environment, but also to like give it back whenever I have the opportunity. I think um, a difference between a difference and a similarity between you and I, Mike, is that whenever I get to a concert, I absolutely love it. Like I get super, super amped, and I just I, I as as an audience member, I I love I love seeing it, and as a music enthusiast i find myself watching less of the performance and paying more attention to the smaller details of the so like the micro of the performance so i'll look and i'll see i'll take a look at what if i can see what pedals they're using i'll look and Mm. see what you know what the drummer is doing specifically at any given moment i'll i'll see what the backup guitarist what what is his face doing during this performance (laughs) you know because these are the you know things that you're not supposed to look at like um like um like secondary uh actors in a fight scene (laughs) like (laughs) figuring out what people are doing when when you're supposed to be looking at the main person and and i always uh, i love um breaking down performances and, and really seeing what make them tick. And, and I've, I've developed, um, doing that, listening to just music in general, but, but going to live shows really, really gets me excited about making music and, and taking things that I learn, um, from performances from people. Cause I've always found that I've, I've usually enjoyed artist renditions of their songs live better than the recorded one. Cause I have some time to, you know, break in the song and and really learn how they love to play it because you got to keep it fresh on the road and sometimes they do stuff like a samba remix of a song and that always sucks but like (laughs) when they play wait what okay (laughs) not simba oh wait (laughs) when when they play their music and and like really really love it that's that's Mm -hmm. that's just amazing now trent if you could quick explain my mentality towards (laughs) live shows do you what what would your insight from the outside be uh matt hates going to concerts i hate going to (laughs) concerts yeah i was gonna say i was surprised when you said that you enjoyed it (laughs) i really don't like going to concerts they're Mm -hmm. loud packed sweaty waiting in line standing around your legs hurt you're sweaty next to people (laughs) you don't know and 
you know, most of the time you can't hear a lot of what's going on because it's just blasting a lot of the um, performances that that I had been to growing up going to Warp Tour. Mm. But um, mm. yeah, I was gonna say because that's like very, I guess, dependent on the venue, the artist, the genre. The, yeah, I mean, the, the yeah, because like when even, like, if I can kind of mm. like if I can kind of interrupt just for a second, like going to Thomas Fred again, a country artist. Um, playing an amphitheater so smaller than an arena show smaller than something like bridgestone but still immensely large i mean it was i don't have hard numbers i'm just guessing from the crowd 10 i don't know 10,000 i don't know like uh a million that sounds right for an amphitheater i'm not sure it was hard because i mean it's very wide and then there's a general admission section that's just kind of like a lawn that uh just kind of has loose seating. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and there we sat removed from the stage. So we were actually, I don't know, 30 rows back. So we had a really good view of the stage, but we couldn't see like pedals. We couldn't see, you know, anything like that. And it was more, I guess, you know, you're saying sweaty standing legs hurts. We were in chairs. Um, we stood for a few songs, but we were in chairs 90 percent of the time because we actually could we were kind of escalated so we could kind of see over see, it that's the so, dream that's <laughs> that's the that's why i love watching people play live on youtube comfortably mm-hmm. from a couch you know <laughs> and and also just to give context i'm my my experiences is like i was third back you know against the great for pierce the veil and it was incredible but to get mm-hmm. to that point I had to stand there for um, blood on the dance floor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Sacrifices were made. Yeah, and it w- that was miserable. Absolutely misery. What a shame. Um, well, it's like yeah, it's like when I've seen a day to remember. I think three or four times in concert. Mm-hmm. They're my probably all time favorite band, and anytime they come relatively close to me, I go see them. Um, it doesn't matter who they're touring with or anything like that. I'll go see them. And they were in Atlanta, Georgia at the Masquerade, which is this, uh, they were playing, I don't know if anybody knows the Masquerade, they were playing Outback, which was not a like small, it was small, but it wasn't like a... Like an Outback Steakhouse? (laughs) That's really cool. I didn't know they... A pretty big one, though. That's pretty intimate. Yeah. And you get a great meal. Yeah, I'd say. This was the first time... Get a blooming onion. Oh. Dun, 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 dun. Instead of yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and because they were, this was the first time I saw them at the Masquerade. My favorite band. I'm seeing them live for the first time, and I'm going with Emerald. We wait. We're there like an hour before the show starts, before like the openers, who were actually Bring Me the Horizon. Uh-huh. Before I actually really cool. liked Bring Me the Horizon. Bring me the ricin, like when they're like. Bring me some ricin. Bring me some ricin. Bring me some poison, please. Um, what? <laughs> we're gonna get pinged by the FBI. We're, we're flagged now. Um, <laughs> I guess I really got into them around. Um, there is a hell. Um, I wasn't really into the album before that. Trent, I don't know its name, but um, what? bring me the horizon. There's the, uh, the, the one with the gutted with the girl in the cover. Yeah, and the then there's girl. the one with the guts. 
And that then, was like when they were. Yeah, that's when I, I saw them, was. and that was like Chelsea Grin and stuff like that, which I wasn't super into. And then there was this. Um, so anyway, so we wait like an hour in line to see it was them, and we came as Romans and a day to remember. So it was actually a really good lineup, like for. <laughs> we came as Romans, but like, did their uh, vocalist suck live? They were the opener, opener. So we might not have seen all of them. Mm. But I don't I mean this was years ago. I don't really have fond memories of We Came as Romans. Um <laughs> I loved their their studio work. Their live work. But they were terribly live. Yeah. I think they have that reputation. Maybe that's why they're not around anymore. Um hmm. No, but we got like four rows back from a day to remember, which was great, but we were also directly in front of the speakers, which was terrible. Hmm. Mm. And it was like the coolest show I've ever been to. Again, probably just because it's my favorite band and the first time I saw it live. Um, but my ears hurt, my body hurt because it's a hardcore show. So there's moshing and like my then girlfriend, now wife's like, why are you screaming? I'm like, well, because they're screaming. I got to scream. Um, Come on. And then it got real weird when they broke it down with um, if it means a lot to you. She's like, what is this band? um Mm. but anyway so yeah so like yeah i guess it very is dependent like on who you're seeing and how you're seeing them so yeah definitely youtube is like how i watch 90 percent of my live music now because it's yep actually enjoyable exactly Mm. and you know what we need to see all these live shows is money and you know how we get money wait how we lose we restock the beer buying a beer Mm, let's do it. Oh, you're right. That's right. Hi there. This is Colin. And thanks for listening to episode 39 of the Poor Quality Podcast. If you've been listening along and have been liking this episode, or you have questions for a future episode, please feel free to reach out to us at poorquality at gmail.com. We'd love to have a viewer episode where we take your questions and talk amongst us about them. So please reach out to us on the email there. Uh, if you're on Twitter, you can also tweet at us at poor underscore quality. And if you're on Instagram and happen to be drinking a beer along with us, please feel free to tag us in those pictures. And that's poor at poor quality podcast. If you can and you have time, please leave us a review on the iTunes podcast or Google Play, wherever you're getting your podcast. Please leave us a review there. It really helps us to gain a little notability and kind of climb up the charts a little bit. Uh, I guess this is where Matt would typically do the, the jokes. So let me give it a shot here. Why is the ocean so salty? It's because the land doesn't wave back. Help at warbyparker.com. No, it's not. I think it's like my bim bam at max. I almost emailed you. I almost messaged you, Matt, the other day to figure out if Warby Parker was in my vision plan or not. We're not. We're out of network for all yeah, insurance 100%. companies. But what you can do, and what a lot of people is get do, reimbursed. Is they submit for reimbursement after they order the glasses. You will have to pay out Matt, of pocket. Matt. But, Matt. Oh, I'm sorry. I already read Matt, the whole. Hello. Already, Matt's eyes yeah. just glazed over. He just saw the script. <laughs>
There's no script. That's just from that question being asked. Every uh, how day can of I my figure life. out my pupillary distance? Your pupillary distance? That's really easy, actually. I'm going to email you. A <laughs> oh link. god! You can just click on the link, follow the instructions there. Basically, what you do is you hold a credit card wait, beneath wait, your nose wait, and touch wait. your lips. I think I could. I think I could still link. make it. I think I could make it from three feet away. What? My pupillary distance. <laughs> oh. My pupil. That's my not what I heard. Go ahead and email. My and joke was going to be the say. distance, the time between the poops. So a day. Mm. The pupillary time. Maybe distance. a couple mm. minutes. Yeah, I was going for day. trajectory. Ah, uh, see, that's gonna. You're gonna, gonna need to. Really uh, have your delta Y. For that. <laughs> mm. Let's get back into it. Also, experimentation is going to be rough with our well, one bathroom. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> it's going to get dirty. It already um, is. I just pulled my tater wedgies oh. out of the oven. I'm very is this your dinner? Yeah, please. Can I see one? Boys. Do that right into the microphone. Well, can I just see one? I want to see what the gunk looks like. My yeah. tater wedgies? Is this a dinner or is this a snack? Um, it was going to be part of dinner, but you know, making uh, taters, it it's takes a while. Boil and mash them. Boil and mash them. It's just that it's ten oh four p.m. Central Time. Mike doesn't have a job. It's yet. crazy that we're all in Central Time as far <laughs> apart as we are, isn't it? Central Time's wild. Central Time best time, for sure. Central Time best time. True. So so Mike sat down because he's I guess jobless. Mike as <laughs> <laughs> I can't afford to stand up. Mike, you just had an interview though. Let me clear the air. I did interview yesterday and I crushed I, it. And I haven't heard anything back yet. So <laughs> And they fired me before they hired me. They gave me a lifetime ban. No severance package. No, but Mike, as like <laughs> I mean, I know all. I know everybody pretty much on this call plays music and in a live capacity at least at one point. Yeah, you are currently, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Mike. Is it Michael and the Myriad? It's Mike and the Miri. Mike and the Myriad. Yeah, Mike and the Myriad. Yeah. I mean, you guys have a no Michael, but little, I guess self plug here. Album coming out. EP coming out. Right. <laughs> yeah, Mikey and the Myriads album. <laughs> Meek, meek in the myriads. Michelle in the monster trucks. <laughs> Change it. Go ahead and look that up on Spotify. It's on Spotify. SoundCloud. <laughs> no, but I'm curious to see. I guess, like from your perspective, as somebody that um, very regularly, I guess, plays live music. I know Matt and I know Chris play with you, but as like I guess the quote unquote like front man, front man as the uh, yeah as the, as the front man as the you know your name is on the ledger it's mike and the myriad how does a concert Mm -hmm. like as an attendee differ between like actually playing like do you still enjoy going to concerts or is it like matt where you're just completely distanced from it and it's impossible to enjoy i I think once once upon once upon a time i was less selective with the concerts i was going to so when i was um with Sony Music U, I was attending a lot yes, of were. shows of of, ver- <laughs> of a wide variety of genres, and like I was there for work. Like I was really enjoying myself, and I was, and I always enjoy what I see at live shows because there's always something to learn as Sony, a performer. Sony, you need to know that. But <laughs> I love my job. <laughs> Please take me back. <laughs> uh, but I mean, as I as I kind of select the shows I go to now, I 
I always find reason to um, kind of let go of everything else because I love concerts and I think that's an important part of being a performer. You need to like go sit there, enjoy what other people do so you can kind of absorb that, learn how you want to kind of inherit that into your own kind of stuff. Um, and I think we're still trying to figure that out as a group because like we ha- we're ha- we have a little hiccup right now with the drummer scenario and um we we want to we want to be consistent and we want to impress people and we want to be entertaining cuz like that's what going to a show is you want to be involved and either sing along or clap along or dance along or what have you Matt you had your yeah but uh, but we have a hiccup with the drummer but we do have a new opportunity with one of my coworkers what's huh? yes that we do which is exciting it's, yeah, it's an acoustic, so it'd be a, it'd be an acoustic gig. Mm-hmm. And we've done plenty of acoustic shows, which I love doing as well. I think there's something to be said about um, a type of musicianship that a band can do that you can strip down a performance. That's why I love Tiny Desk mm. concerts. You can be a big full band, but also have a nice sound and overall mm-hmm. feel mm-hmm. to your group when you can just um, strip it down a little bit and be entertaining by yourself and that's what was cool about like as somebody that you know i've heard thomas rett and i guess i like a couple of his songs but i'm not actively listening to thomas thomas rett i'm not a fan of even really the genre as a whole right i did not go to thomas rett to hear his songs and watch him perform or like to hear his songs i did not go as a fan like man i really want to hear right t-shirt i don't know if that's what the song title is live yeah. <laughs> I went just like, I mean, for my wife, with my wife. And getting that view on it of purely like, I don't care if he plays this song or that song or, you know, whatever, but just watching him perform, I was super entertained. And that's what, at the end of the day, I was like, that's super interesting that, like, as somebody that is not a country music fan, I could sit there for, he played for like an hour or an hour and a half, maybe. I could sit there for that amount of time and watch and actually not be bored because he switched it up enough. You know, he did a couple songs on the main stage and then he did kind of go to a middle stage kind of in the middle of the crowd and do a kind of stripped down almost acoustic set and then went back to the main stage, covered some Bruno Mars songs and then closed out with a couple more of his own songs. And it was like the variability of that and just, I mean, the way he like, interacted with the crowd and stuff like that it was super just entertaining so like even though i didn't necessarily like the music at the end of the day i was still entertained and i guess that's what i'm paying for especially in a concert like that like if i'm going to see a day to remember yeah i'm going to be entertained but i want to you know, I want to see certain songs. When we you're, went to go see it, you're there f- for the hits. Yeah, when we went to go see a day to remember after Common Courtesy came out, Trent and I went. We went and saw them, Bring Me the Rising, and oh man, I'm Cheetos. And it might have been oh, Black Veil Brides, but we didn't see them. Uh, no, Motionless and White. Ugh, just as bad. Mm, I remember when you guys bad. saw that show. Um, he had a good attitude. I respected that. Yeah, I mean, they're a good performer. But anyways. <laughs> when a day to remember, like this was uh, kind of quickly after Common Courtesy came out, and they didn't play Dead and Buried, which was like their heaviest uh, song off that album. Not the heaviest song, but like one of the heavy songs off that album. And then they played songs, you know, you didn't like as much off Common Courtesy. It felt, you know, as a fan there, I'm like, oh man, 
that felt weird. But then going to Thomas Rhett, where I'm like, I don't care if you play a new song or an old song. <laughs> yeah, Second exactly. It was like it was super just fun <laughs> to be there as a completely oblivious concert goer. Wow, yeah. that was my attitude while meanwhile somebody in front of me and a you know maybe 40-year-old man clearly there with his wife was watching a football game on his phone the entire concert <laughs> I kid you not. Mm. Yeah. I'll I'll say this. Um out of the concerts that I've been to, not a lot of them kind of align with the genre that Michael and the Myriad <laughs> plays. Um, How would you describe like, Michael and the Myriad? I'm curious to get like the official I I have it tagged as alternative folk. Okay. Yeah, um, we. I would kind of compare it to like a Lord Huron Lumineers kind of feel. Um, like going to a Lum- I went to a Lumineers show at Ascend Amphitheater, and I wanted to learn so much from that show and soak it all in, and I really did. And I thought it was a great thing to go witness. But I've been to also like a Cage the Elephant show, which is like. Hmm. Again, entertaining by itself, but tot- I would never st- stage dive <laughs> as a performer in the Myriad. But like, I saw Cage. Although that would be Where kind of exciting. Where am I going? Yeah! <laughs> Catch, me! Catch me! Ouch! We used to have this music festival in Huntsville called Big Spring Jam, um, and it actually brought a lot of notable bands. Like it brought Cage the Elephant right when um, Ain't No Rest for the Wicked was popular. It brought Taylor Swift, I think, before Fearless. Wow. And, like, you know, so, like, also. it was actually surprising. I mean, and then along the other lines, it brought Skillet. It brought Breaking oh, Benjamin. Yeah. It yeah, brought... Skillet. Oh, God, what's that violin band that... Um, Yellow Card? No, Down and Out. Um, it starts with, like, a T or something like that. Um, Newsboys. The violin band. Yeah, the violin band. That's them. Violin um, But anyways, it brought these like respectable <laughs> bands, and I saw Cage the Elephant there, and I crowd surfed, and I lost a shoe. Oh. And it was hmm. not fun. Can I tell you about the best concert of Please. my life? Yeah, no, that was going to be my next question, actually. Like, And Chris, I know you haven't talked literally at all about <laughs> the um, concert experience, <laughs> so maybe you can start off about what was the best live concert you've been uh, to? Let's see. I really liked... Well, I've liked a lot of them. I mean, it's tough. Um, I'd say the ones that come to mind first would be Coldplay during their like Viva La Vida tour. Uh, Where was that at? Before their tickets right. were $2,000. Maybe it wasn't. It might have been Milo Zilo or whatever. Or, yeah, Milo yeah, Milo Kunis. <laughs> Milo Kunis, um, yeah. Anyway, either way, they just... The, I mean, they were awesome, but the the thing that kind of struck me was that was the only time I've been to a show where they gave out those light-up bracelets, and it was in an arena, and just mm. everybody lit up, and it pulsed to the music. And I think that that was the Mila Kunis I think tour. so. <laughs> um, but they did play Viva up. La Vida, so that's why I was confused. But anyway. I think they're still playing Viva La Vida. Right. <laughs> They'll never stop playing Viva La Vida. <laughs> Would you? Would you stop no, playing Viva La Vida? No, I wouldn't. I play it on repeat every day. Um, so that one sticks out. And then I don't know if you guys have listened to Jamie Cullum, but he's kind of like a a jazzy kind of dude. And he just had mm. such a good performance at the um, House of Blues in Boston. And just did some really cool stuff um stripped down like piano and there's a cello and stuff and just super jazzy 
Um, now you say like House of Blues, and that I mean like even goes to say that like sometimes a bad concert or a otherwise I guess unrecognizable concert or just like unfavorable can be made by like a venue. Like going to see Bring Me the Horizon a Day to Remember in in arena show was weird. Yeah, it was crazy. Was it not Trent? Yeah, like. There was like a family in seats, like in front of us. <laughs> no, that's that's not how you experience that that style of music. <laughs> not usually. I mean, there's like people like on the floor, but like the tickets were, I think, more expensive. And like, who would I would prefer to <laughs> be comfortable? <laughs> Honestly, I'm an old person. I mean, I would prefer I don't to be care. comfortable. But <laughs> I saw "Woe Is Me," and I was in a position to hold up their vocalist by the foot. You know, like standing on top of the audience. That that's mm-hmm. how you're supposed to experience that style of music. That kind of show. Mm-hmm. You yeah. get sweat on. Yeah. I, Mike, what's the best concert you've been to? Can I add one more thing? No. No, you, yeah, you've spoken Chris. enough. All right. <laughs> yeah. Off Never mind. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> anyway, my turn. With your whole like the venue thing, like yeah, the House of Blues was definitely cool because it was a little more. It was still a big venue, but a little more intimate. Um, and just like, uh, anyway, uh, I'd have to say probably my third favorite was actually at. I really like going to in Nashville. Uh, what's it called? Not the end. The other one. Um. Exit in, yeah. Exit in. Uh, I saw Rara Riot there, and like you can just get up to the stage pretty much, and uh, they're just so mm. good. Anyway, I'm done. Oh, Mike. we saw the Chainsmokers at the Canary Ballroom. <laughs> How was no, that? No, that was Marathon. Whatever. Marathon Music. It Works. was not bad actually. It was be- it was before Same thing. their. It was right before. It was they right blew before. The heck up. Was it like selfie age or like it was after selfie, selfie? But it was before they like super blew up with right after roses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they were promo- Mike was promoting because they played that twice. Okay, okay. No, but they. Yeah. I mean, there were like there were like twenty <laughs> people there, and their set was legit. Like it was, it was happening. It was so much fun. It was filthy New Year's Eve. So this ones. was be. This was before their terrible like MTV performance. Uh, I don't. I actually. I don't know if I, caught I didn't that. see that. I heard about it. I didn't see it. Well, it's it's yeah. It's something that they even like go back and no, they no, say I, we I heard regret them doing this. this. It was bad. Poor guys. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Though. That that's cool. Like see a band like or a group, I guess that large in something that small. Yeah, it was right before the takeoff. Because I, mean, I remember the year. Go for it. Yeah, Matt. Well, you can. Say I was it. just gonna say, say that it, it was, um, like it was so intimate that they literally finished their set and just stepped down from the stage to talk to people. Yeah, like and and was yeah, like, "Hey, cool. does anybody know any good parties? We're here to hang yeah, we're out. Going to get we're going to get drinks." It was really. It was actually pretty cool because it was like. I mean, I think that was one of the better like EDM shows that I've been mm-hmm. to. I've been to a n- number of shows that I would count in like the top 10, even at this point. Uh, most recently, it's been Billy Joel at Wrigley Field. Uh, John Mayer wow. at Bridgestone. That's oh cool. my God. That's Billy cool. Joel is probably like my one of my favorite songwriters ever. It's not only the name, like the artist there, but like the fact that you saw Billy Joel at Wrigley Field it's, is. It was, is, it was is spectacular. Pretty cool. I um, saw that, the Backstreet Boys there too, actually. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they did. They opened for him. <laughs> okay. Uh, they up. actually opened for Florida Georgia Line, which is an interesting uh, combo. Uh, they, they can oh. go suck rocks. Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to leave. Um, but <laughs> the, <laughs> there's nothing <laughs> rocks can't be enjoyed. <laughs> also, 
also cresting the list, I'd say um, Kendrick Lamar at Bridgestone, uh, J. Cole at Marathon Music Works. And Drake. Drake at Bridgestone. That was fantastic. Lumineers at Ascend. Um, Cage the Elephant in New York. Actually, I'll, t- I'll tell this story because this was unbelievable. It was while I was still with the Sony team and we were at our annual meetings and the manager of one of the bands, we had met with him with RCA earlier in the day and they like rented out, it was press only and CMR and they gave away like 20 other tickets to folks who won like radio contests. So there were 200 people packed in this old school New York. It was like an old burlesque club. So it was really, really (laughs) tiny and they had this small stage and they began in the whole, pl- we had to like put away our phones cause we could not record. It was right before tell me I'm pretty came out. So it was mm. very closed down, locked down rolling stone. Like, let's do this. Uh, they opened up and the place erupts. I've never seen that kind of energy in that kind of space. Um, everyone in that room was just shouting, yelling, jumping, screaming, Matt Schultz was on all of us. I remember really, really vividly. I have this awesome picture, actually, of Matt Schultz grabbing my shirt, ripping buttons off my nice button up. And he's like clutching the side of this club. And like, it's like the Michelangelo painting of the Sistine Chapel when <laughs> Adam and Steve or whatever are touching. I think and, it's Adam and uh, God. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. Adam and Steve. Yeah. And um, it, I hate Steve. <laughs> it was actually Mike and Matt Schultz. Uh, uh, but it <laughs> Um, it, it was this, like, it's something that we can never do as a band, but it was something that I got to be right in front of when, uh, Cage the Elephant, I mean, they still are very prevalent, but at the time it was like, I am right here right now. And this is amazing. Um, (laughs) it was spectacular. And now I saw Cage the Elephant again, probably 10 years ago. What? Um, when, again, like I said, like when Ain't No Rest for the Wicked was popular, and I'm a hundred percent sure that this man was just ripped on stage. Like he was hammer drunk. And again, you know, he has that song that um, goes like, I don't, it's about like critics, like music critics. And he talks about how the, he said, like one of the lyrics is the crowd only like me if they're really freaking drunk. <laughs> um, but I mean, he was almost incoherent. Mm on yeah. stage just throwing himself around so i'm glad to hear that you had a much better well he no he, he has a stage presence that's very like drunk i mean it's, it's, <laughs> all, it's almost to that degree like he he has this persona that's very specific to him i remember intoxicating I, like, yeah yeah i lifted him up on this because i'm a big boy so i was lifting him up on this like second so i was tier. showing him how strong i was i was like come here you i said <laughs> I, one, i've been working on my military two. press it was after the show it was kind of weird. <laughs> the prez of RCA was on the second tier, so I was like pushing him up because he was like he was pointing upwards Wanted and to like talk to he, the president. Yeah, he was like, I just want to say hi. <laughs> he was hanging off this like railing, and uh, everybody was just. I mean, we weren't looking at the stage; we were looking at me because like, I'm ripped. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Eyes on me. Everybody I was like, was put, impressed with put me. me on stage. <laughs> So anyway, so anyway, it's me, center of attention, Mike. I took off my um, shirt and put it on. I'm the center now. My sh- shirt's off. We're all naked. I'm shirtless. We're less club. Oh, man. Mike Schultz is now an audience member. I'm on the stage. <laughs> he, destro- he destroys these couple light bulbs that are, like, lining this balcony, and he jumps from the second tier, and we all just 
catch them. Well, I actually wasn't part of the catchies, unfortunately. Mm. Now, what's terrible is that goes one of two ways. That way, in which he jumps off the second story, gets caught, and it's a cool yeah. moment, or it's a... Or it's, um, oh, I broke my neck, really, send me to the hospital. Or it's, oops, somebody With died. Shards of light bulb. Yeah, like, I very much like a uh, rapper named Watsky. He's, oh, I know um, Watsky. Oh, sure, Watsky. He had that. He had that high voltage album. Are we still talking about light bulbs? Mm. What? <laughs> Watsky voltage electrons science. Love Mike. No, but he ju- he was at Warp Tour and he jumped off like the he climbed up like I guess the uh, rafters. I'll call it the rafters on the side of the stage, <laughs> and uh, he climbed up the A rafters. Ladder, the <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, basically. What else the is rigging. it really? But he jumped off. I mean, he must have jumped like. 30, 40 feet into the crowd and sent a dude to the hospital. Ooh. So, you know, kind of goes one of two ways with performances. But anyways. Careful when you stage dive. PSA. Trent, what was your favorite concert? Mm. That is tough. If you don't say bring me the rice and a date, remember, I guess I'm just going to be upset. Uh, it was a very excellent <laughs> show. And the only show of that genre that I'd actually had been to of a more uh, rock nature um, I would say the most impressive show I've ever been to was Ed Sheeran. Mm, mm-hmm. As someone For who's sure. played with a looper and like the smallest levels, what he does with his guitar and his voice and his big system is just incredible. The amount of sound that he can generate mm-hmm. and just the rehearsal and just knowing like how much practice and like went into that entire thing and how on top of things he has to be yeah. like, just so impressive just to sit there and like listen and be like wow like this is just the coolest um i remember when he came out with his like apple live music thing i showed i watched it all and i mm-hmm. showed emerald the when he played um you don't need what is it you don't need me but i need yeah whatever that song is i remember that video coming out the yeah. way he like records that song and then actually plays it live is incredible because like, the way he plays it live it's just all looped so at first, he's just like beating on his guitar, and it's like, well, what is this? And then he loops it, and then starts strumming, and he loops it, and then it just—it's incredible. So yeah, right. So he's still like able like to like do the hits that you hear, and like it still like kind of sounds like a remix. So it's just super impressive, and just the the musicianship that goes into that yeah. um, is just was something that I was just completely in awe of. He's one of those people that does remixes of himself, and it sounds good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's like going to like a John Mayer show. Like yeah. he puts he makes a good album, but like when he goes to a live show, like he's gonna play more different. guitar. Like he's gonna just yeah, he's an incredible musician and he surrounds himself with incredible musicians. Yeah. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah, yeah you can go to a show like in Ed Sheeran and be entertained by one man for two and a half hours. Or you can go to a show with like a, a five piece band that's like something that you've listened to for a long time, so you know every word to every song and every hit to every moment. Um, and they're totally different experiences and really special in themselves, but they vary to a mm-hmm. vast degree. So, yeah. And I'd said the, the other, a very fun adventurous show I went to, I went to see, um, <clears throat> never shout never at a, um, <sighs> race right, can car. Move, can we just move on from this? A, like it, a race, track, a race track in rural Iowa. Never shout ever played at a racetrack in rural Iowa. And I went out there and I went out with Zach 
And I think his girlfriend at the time, and I think they had like something else where they actually had to leave, so they didn't actually stay for the show. So I was all there by myself, and I just had like myself and like twenty five self made CDs of <laughs> a very very bad EP of my music. Um, and I had my iPod. Was it the Bees Knees? EP? I don't think it was, Chris. I think it was the one before that. That was. I wasn't saying that was bad. It was just <laughs> the one. No, I no, no. <laughs> Your worst music. Let's see. Hmm. <laughs> no, 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 no. There was a one before that that was a lot worse. Um, oh man, I just used the Garage Band live voice setting for everything. Mm. Um, so sounds good on guitar. Yeah, on voice, on guitar, max it out. Anything. Anything. So I I would take these to shows with my iPod and some headphones and sell them and then basically use that to either get into the show or buy merch at the show or buy more CDs, whatever. I was, you know, running a business at the time. Uh, and in doing so, I met these folks who were like, hey, like, hang out with us. Like, if your friend isn't here, like, you can just hang out with us. And it was this group of, like, six friends. And, like, we've actually got, like, backstage passes. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Like, yeah, like... If you want to go out during the opener, like you can go hang out because I think this girl might have been into me. And I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, I'll hang out backstage. That seems fine. So I go backstage and it was Carter Holsey, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. He was very yeah. never shout, never adjacent. But um, his band was playing and we were sitting on this like seats backstage. And then Chris Drew comes over and sits like right beside me to just <laughs> watch his buddy Carter play. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> hi <laughs> you you're him you're the guy i think that was my like uh like third or fourth time meeting him but it was just like he's just sitting like by me hanging out like a casual human yeah and like i like can't lose my cool like it was like first time like like trying to like be in a situation where i'm like yeah like this is like we're 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 pals, but like I'm not like saying that we're friends, but like we're here and we're enjoying this, and like I know who you are, and like I respect that, but like right. I'm not, yeah, I, I'm not gonna ask for your autograph, you but like we're holding if, hands. If, and, uh, also, I mean, would you like a picture? <laughs> this is my Samsung Alias too. It flips both. Uh, okay, thank you. And uh, it's got all of four pixels on the picture, so we can take that out. But yeah. But it was just you don't mind if I kiss your cheek just, real quick, do you? You, you don't mind, and uh, we're legally married and now. But uh, so okay, just, just say here, I do here, and here, sign, here, sign. Here, You're here, in here, Iowa. Here, here, it was legal here first. And what? It's my, and, uh, here, here, what? And, uh, <laughs> it's my parents' house. Uh, they don't know. <laughs> they don't know. They probably <laughs> we look the same. <laughs> This say your name. Also, I'm Trent. Good to meet you. Also, I'm, I'm Trent. I'm Trent. <laughs> I'm Trent, and I'm straight. So this is going to be weird. So here's the need. So we'll make this work. <laughs> Whose last name? Probably yours. You're the famous one. But I really do like my name. It seems strong. Why not Trenton Never? Trenton Never. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Never it was shout just, Trenton. It was just unexpected. Stop shouting, Trenton. <laughs> Trent, stop shouting. But it was just very unexpected, and just like, and then I left the stage after like when Chris got on and then the other friends filtered through for his actual show. But just to watch in the crowd was awesome to have been just chilling beside him. Uh, and then that story ends with my car battery dying in a field out by the racetrack and having to flag somebody down to jumpstart me to get home at like one in the morning. Nice. I think that was Blutus too. No wonder that's your best concert story. It wasn't, I was just a very memorable one. I, I don't know. I'm very weird about live shows. The Japanese house was honestly uh, a- amazing, yeah. and I would talk about it 
over and over and over again until because it, it was intimate, but it was also just great. Except and that it's mine. I was about to say now speaking of the Japanese Ooh, house, Matt, what was your favorite yikes. concert? Um, I guess none of them because mine has been spoiled. Well, to be fair, it is. <laughs> it is. It is only my favorite band. No one else here likes them. That's true. No one else heard them first. Are you now? You're all referring to the Japanese house. Yeah. No one else discovered them. Where'd you see them again? Uh, so again, Trent came down we for saw that. that exit I think in, you, right? Trent, yep. yeah. Mike. I think yep. everybody went. It was good, but me. Mm-hmm. Mm. Did Zach go? Not Zach. Yeah. Not Zach. Not Zach. So me not, and Zach. Well, he was Zach? there for the weekend, but not for the show. Yeah, I didn't think. I didn't think he went to the show. Yeah. yeah Zach and I did not go. But okay, so everybody went to Japanese house, and I know for a fact that obviously. I, mean, I think Matt is the largest Japanese house fan, <laughs> um, it, which sounds like a genre <laughs> almost. If you're not, how many times like, have you listened to Count to Nine, Matt? That song's not that great. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Japanese house. There, which is a band, not a genre. It sounds like Japanese house music almost. Right. Like no, it's, it's very hard to tell. People. And it's actually hardly even ba- a band. It's it's a lady. Mm-hmm. Um, who is just incredibly talented and a left-handed guitarist, which um, I learned pretty late once I started watching their live you know, YouTube videos, which there aren't a ton of, unfortunately. But, I mean, what I loved about it is, is what they... what The number of things that they're able to do live, because their music is, is really unique, and they're able to get most of it down with there were only three people on stage the whole time yeah through samples and triggers and just uh their pure musical talent they were able to play um pretty much all of their songs that they had released at that point yeah and i don't know it was it was was a really it was a really incredible experience because like trent had said it was it was intimate but there were a ton of people there yeah and um, although not all of them were singing along to every word like <laughs> I was, um, it, it was it was incredible to see, you know, other people vibing to this like pretty unique and at that point, decently underground band, except for um, Face Like Thunder, I think was just kind of. Yeah, it was. <clears throat> I'd say blowing up. It, it, it right. It blew up to the point that it was like on the Warby radio. Right. It was on XM like frequently. It was on XM. Yeah. So I mean, like it. It did really well, but it was just so cool to see them, especially after like literally worshiping them for about a year. Yeah. I mean, one of my best memories of their music is our drive back from um, Atlanta when when we took a. A weekend trip to Atlanta, our our group of friends a couple of years ago. Um, it was raining on the way back, and there's this really curvy road um, around, you know, like a, a a pretty steep cliff, and then over, I think, a river, um, crossing into Tennessee between Tennessee and Georgia. And it was raining, and it was foggy, and it was just beautiful. And I just had. Um, the people in the car were like asleep and I was just like listening to the Japanese house and it was an, it was, it's one of my favorite moments just that I've had. And then to see, you know, the people who create and, and perform that was 
was really cool. And to see how they do that, just because I, like I said earlier, I experience things really analytically. Like I, 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 I break down everything they do and try to learn from it, but it was, and that's still fun for me. I, I understand that that's not fun <laughs> for everyone and people experience things differently, but I, I loved seeing them do that and loved seeing three people, you know, perform the music that I'd been listening to pretty much nonstop for a year. So that was probably the best show. And then Zach Brown was really cool. Zach, <laughs> or, uh, Michael agree. Yeah. We were front row, yeah. front row for that. Yeah. And that was like another moment where that's one of my, like inspirations early on in music. Mm -hmm. That's why I got so, I want to play live music. Like this is what I want to do. And that show inspired that all. And like being right there in front of such a talented group of like seven people who can make the most incredible music. And they're so tight and they've been playing together. So, so tight. That is the, that, that is, oh no, they, they're, they're absolutely an inspiration live. And, but I, I experienced that show similar to how Colin, you experienced this last show that you went to. I didn't, I mean, I, I knew chicken fried. Sure. Mm -hmm. And like, I had heard, um, uh, toes in the sand, sand, you know, uh, colder weather. I, I, I had heard those songs, but like I experienced most of those songs, pretty much for the first time um, with them performing live. And it was amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was the show that started it all for me without a doubt. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's, what's like as somebody that performs literally no live music, I have never been on a stage to perform live music, but yet I love music. It's very cool to me when I find a song that I listen to and I can picture myself playing live like playing that song live i'm not i play guitar but i'm not like good at guitar i'm not i would never ever say that like i am of caliber to ever perform live music but like every now and then i'll listen to a song and i think about performing that song and oddly enough it always in my head like i don't actively think about it but if i'm thinking about playing a song live in my head it's always at belmont's battle of the band <laughs> or battle of like the battle of the best battle of the or best of the best that, whatever it is that is a legit venue yeah i mean yeah that's where i saw coin and judah and the lion yeah seriously yeah, yeah that's where i saw Judah and the lion that's where i saw philip phillips yeah, um exactly i worked that show stephen carter phil phillips stephen day stephen carter wasn't there what but it's weird. So, like, as somebody that like doesn't have any experience, every now and then I'll get a song, and I'm like, oh man, I could just imagine playing the song live and like the different, I guess, intricacies of it. And again, this is from somebody that's completely unexperienced. So I'm sure, like, my thoughts of like, oh, at this moment, I would do this is completely inaccurate to anything else. Right. Well, I, I personally write, um, the, the only music that I'm really proud of and that I'll put out is music that I can visualize myself performing and like know how I want people to react and, and feel in different moments. And, you know, coming from that side of it, it's that, that's probably my most, that's my favorite way to experience, um, both the music that I, I write and record and, and why I love to experience live music, yeah, but mostly from the comfort of my home. There's a couple ways to look at that too. You can either gauge a song and something that you want to write to a performance setting and a kind of an atmospheric sort of thing that you're trying to 
um, move towards. And the more music you write, I guess the more um, consistent it all becomes and the bigger of a portfolio you kind of gather. Because I know Matt as a talented songwriter and Trent and Chris. And I write music too sometimes. Uh, <laughs> Mitchell and the Michael Ad. Look us up on Spotify. Mitchell and the Meatballs. Um, oh. <laughs> Michael and the Bike Pumps. <laughs> There's there's always something to kind of strive for, and the more you hear, and the more you want to mimic, not necessarily mimic, that may not be the word, but that moment that Matt had in a car listening to music, where it's just foggy outside and rainy and like mountainous and beautiful, that's something that I want to recreate in songwriting, that you don't necessarily have mm-hmm. to be anywhere, you want to visualize it yourself. So there's a... Um, a feeling. There's a feeling that you want to capture. An emotion you want to capture. Yeah, yeah. And that's what you need to feel when you track something in the studio environment or otherwise. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's that it's that kind of that goosebumps mm-hmm. moment, that moment when you're listening to a song for the first time or for the hundredth time. I don't care, and you still get goosebumps. Oh my yes. god! I'm yeah. I, let me say, I have. I just got a tattoo <laughs> oh. of. Which, okay, which, speaking of, M- Mike sends this tattoo. I have no idea <laughs> Mike's getting a tattoo. Hey, do you guys think this is a good idea for a tattoo? And all of a sudden, I, I just get a picture of a calf with a tattoo on it. I'm like, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. That's a cool tattoo. I, I mean, I'm not a person that gets tattooed. Like, if I get a tattoo, it's going to be my wife and I's anniversary. Just a picture date. of you and Emma Rald. If I get a tattoo, no, it's, it's gonna my, mean my tattoos something, are, Mike. No, my tattoos, my tattoos are text. Like that's what I'm trying to say. Like I don't have a, but like if I did ever get a, I guess like picture tattoo, it, I always do picture. I guess like polygonal mm-hmm. animals or scenery, kind of like your tattoo you got. But anyways, you send this picture and it's just a calf with a tattoo on it. And at, at first, I'm not reading the caption. I just look at the picture. I'm just like, that'd be cool. And then all of a sudden, I'm like. Is that your leg? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. Like, yeah, that's my I leg. Know Is those that calves. a baby cow so with a tattoo? Well, let me let me say that tattoo and the idea is a song, and an, uh, that's from an album that kind of changed the way that I listen to, look at, write music. And the line in particular is, "I will be waiting for you on the other side of the frozen pines. I'm going to find a way through. There's another life beyond the lie," and it really. Every time, consistently, I've listened to that song a thousand times. It's by Lord Huron. Who is that? It's Lord Huron called Frozen Pines. And every single time, I get the biggest sensation of chills that just run up and down me. And like, I will forever cherish just the knowledge of like this one moment of this one song on this one album that has kind of defined the way that I look at music and now it's embodied on me forever. So it's a very special thing that is more than just um, an image and it's very special. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just that goosebumps moment, that moment where lyrics relate to you or I guess like impact you enough that you put them on your body permanently or get goosebumps or have like just a physical reaction to it is insane to me that like, what do you mean? What do you mean permanently? What? Wait, what? Mm. So, Mike, let me tell you about tattoos. <laughs> Very briefly, my favorite concert I've ever been to, it's going to be a day to remember my first time I ever saw them. Just because it was purely the experience of it. And in the middle of a day to remember show, it 
poured down rain oh. and they didn't stop oh um i lost my wallet uh <laughs> it was the first time in my like a mosh pit it was just this like cerebral experience at like 16 or 17 to see this band live for the first time that i've loved for so long that concert and then i guess again seeing them with somebody that i guess i saw the first concert with emerald the second concert with trent seeing it with somebody that actually knows the music and enjoys the music at a level that i do and can like sing along it doesn't matter if we were off to the sides you know, not in the pit or anything like that. Just actually being there and seeing these songs performed live, sometimes for the first time, sometimes for the, you know, however many time, it was awesome. And like, especially just having that experience with somebody else was so cool. But yes. Uh, that, and just to do. And truly a day to remember. <laughs> that's, I just figure out like, it, he really does like, like you said, like when he's on stage, he feels his his music, and it's just something so real to see that, and that we got to share that together was a very nice bonding moment for us. That come I on, think Jeremy is, McKinnon or Ollie? Huh? What? Both of Jeremy? them. Jeremy? Um, yeah, yeah, both of them. Both of them love their music and love playing it. And like, I will say, it was a little, I guess, interesting watching a day to remember for the second time since their show is so similar from time <laughs> to time. Like they did the gerbil ball, they did the toilet paper. They, I mean, it's kind of like the same thing, but hearing the new songs and experiencing it with somebody that ex- likes the music on the same level I do was a totally different experience. It was nice. Matt's gone bowling. Matt's, yeah, Matt's uh, Matt's Matt's absolutely done. He can't even hear me saying this about him. Mm-hmm. So we'll go ahead and close and see if he wants to jump in on this. Um, I don't have a nickname, so somebody else wants to go. It kind of looks like he's got a tambourine. I've been Matt. So if you hold up the card beneath your nose and touching your lips with the stripe facing mm-hmm. out, and then uh-huh. snap a picture of yourself looking directly in the camera, making sure okay. everything is level so that we can get the measurement. Matt. Oh, oh, oh the gosh, Matt. Matt. In your eyes. Buyers. He, fell, he fell asleep. He, he snapped back into it. <laughs> what happened? Huh? I'm going to give my nickname. Yeah. But I can't <laughs> I can't talk about my tattoo without thanking Trent's sister oh, Hannah yeah. for making that art. Uh it's spectacular and I love what's on my body forever and ever. I think tattoo? I don't get it. Wait, anyway, I've been I've been Michelle on the monster trucks with Dina. Ooh. Ah, spicy. Uh I've been Trent never shout Savard. Oh. Don't shout. Don't Trent. shout. It's not nice. Shh. I've been Chris. Oh, God. <laughs> That's the oh, wrong God. kind of goosebumps. That's when my hair goes into my body. <laughs> Ouch. Painful. Don't worry. It's getting shaved off right no. after this. No. I've been Colin, number one ADTR fan, Parker. Mm-hmm. Nice. That you are. That's all I talked about this podcast. I wish I'd gone to that concert with you guys. I'll be honest. I love that. I'm glad I did. Well, if you didn't like Aaron Rodgers so much. Ooh. Well, folks, it looks like we are Aaron, bottoms Aaron up. Aaron Rodgers puts on a better show than a day to remember. I'll give you Ooh. that. You know, there's something to be said about us. That's like the last performance. Did, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, throw. Yeah. Zero. Um, we'd like to thank Waker for giving us the time to crack open our cold mm. ones with their song Gemini from the album This Is Waker. If you get a chance, see them live. They're um, great live. Are you kidding me? They're awesome. They are very good. 
they are very very good um this particular show has been poor quality it's been long poor quality yeah welcome to the extended the extended deluxe edition long lost the <laughs> director's long cut edition. uncut but what else did you expect nothing I'll stitched back <laughs> let the scalpel in stripped up Re-opened. we got our sweaters on <laughs> Had to find the scalpel. <laughs> Remove scalpel. Sewed back up. <laughs> In intensive care. All right. For four hours. I feel bad. That's, that's, that's Dismissed. <laughs> the next morning. Adjourn. Blooming on you. We only out.